0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Canadian Gamers, or as it should be called today, The Canadian Gamer. Stephen and I, we had a really hard time to uh, get together this week, so it's going to be just a solo podcast. I'll try and do a regular show, but uh, we'll see. It, it's always difficult to do this sort of stuff when you're by yourself because you're basically talking for like, you know, 45 minutes or so, but whatever. So, I don't really have anything too special lined up for today. Got some news that I want to discuss and a couple other things, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. So, the very first thing that I wanted to talk about was the sort of just announced, sort of leaked, sort of I don't really know, which is the SNK Neo Geo Mini. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen this thing or not, but it's essentially like a really tiny arcade cabinet so it has its own screen with <clears throat> excuse me its own screen which is 3.5 inches it has a built-in joystick and the four action buttons with select and start which I thought was really really unique it's actually blue instead of red and I'm not entirely sure why they did that because the original Neo Geo MVS arcade cab was you know big red it was red and black so this guy is actually blue, white, and black, and I'll be honest, looks pretty cool. But I'm not sure how I actually feel about it. I'm, I'm. It's weird. If this is fake, it's the best fake I have ever seen, like ever seen. On the back, there is a power button that has SNK on it. It has an HDMI out for the TV, uh, power, you know, cord plug in. And it has an audio-video auxiliary out. Not entirely sure what that's for. Now, what's really interesting is on the side, it has a gamepad port, and it looks unique. This doesn't look anything like the ones that were featured on the original um, Neo Geo MVS or the AES, or well, not the MVS, but the AES, or the Neo Geo CD. It looks like a different port altogether. But what's so fascinating with this is the fact that you're actually going to be able to buy spare controllers that look like the ones from the Neo Geo CD. And that's actually a really, really good thing. And I was kind of like, oh man, it would have been nice had it used like, you know, a similar port so that you could actually use those with your Neo Geo CD if you happen to have one or, or whatever but alas, no. But anyways, that doesn't really matter. I'm sure someone out there will mod that. It's just good to see that, like, the original controllers are gonna be back on the market. And you're gonna be able to buy it in black, and you're gonna be able to buy it in white. Now that I found odd. So I'm going to go out on a a whim here and say that I think there's going to be two versions of this particular system. I think there's going to be the one that has been shown, which is this blue, white, and black one. And I do think they're going to release like an all black and red one. And that would explain why they're showing two different color controllers. So you heard it here first, folks. Now we know that this device is actually real in the sense that, well... SNK sort of teased it they said that they are indeed making a Neo Geo Mini to celebrate the 40th anniversary of uh, the system and well not the system actually the SNK to mark the 40th anniversary of SNK Uh, but we didn't actually see what it was we just saw that something was draped in this like cloth so uh, that's what that's what I think I, I think there's gonna actually be two versions of this but we'll see now we also have a list of games that leaked with it and this is um, this is kind of interesting okay so i was like hmm about this so you've got The King of Fighters 95 97 98 2000 and 2002 Surprise 96 wasn't on there Art of Fighting Fatal Fury Special Real Bout Fatal Fury Garou mark of the wolves, Samurai Showdown 2 4 5 special, The Last Blade 2, World Heroes Perfect, Kazuna Encounter which is a very good underappreciated fighter. Then you've got Metal Slug, Metal Slug 2, 3, X, 4 and 5. That's a lot of Slug. I was kind of surprised by that. King of the Monsters 2, Shock Troopers 2nd Squad, Sengoku 3, Ninja Masters, Top Players Golf, Super Sidekicks, Blazing Star, Puzzled, King of the Monsters, Blues Journey, Shock Troopers, Robo Army, Cross Swords, which is a very good game, Mutant Nation, Mutation Nation, rather. Three Count Bout, Last Resort, Ghost Pilots, and Football Frenzy. Now, there are a few titles on there that I'm surprised didn't make the cut. But overall, this is not bad. I mean, it's really not bad. You're getting a lot of the huge heavy hitters. I mean, this thing will be fun just to own, just for like the novelty's sake. But I'm not sure how I feel about that design and that idea of it being like a almost like a portable type of thing. Like one of those mini arcade game type things. I'm not... I'm not sure, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'll hold out my, uh, I'll, my judgment until I actually see the device and get it on some hands-on with it, but it, it's cool, it's a very unique idea, and part of me is like, I really like that, I really like that they went for something different, that they didn't just, you know, take the AES and make a microscopic AES and be done with it, when this company's history is really in the arcades. So I get that. Like, if you're like, okay, well, we want to take the MVS and we want to make a make it mini. Well, how how exactly are we going to do that? Well, this is one way in which they could do that. Now, so long as it's not cheap and it's you know it's got good build quality, then I'll be I'll be pretty happy because the Neo Geo X, which was the last sort of like celebration um, sort of uh, well console, whatever that that SNK licensed out. That, the emulation really was, was lackluster. There was a lot of problems with that little device. But it was still a cool device. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have videos on it here on the channel. And it is a cool device. I, I won't, I won't knock it. They, they did a pretty good job. So, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm not entirely sure, you know, when it's going to come out or anything like that. And everything I just told you could all be bogus. It could all be bogus, bogus, bogus because none of this has been released by SNK itself. So, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, 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 I'm going to stay cautiously optimistic. So the next little bit of news that I have pertains to Red Dead Redemption 2. I don't know if you guys have seen the latest trailers, well, trailer, but man, it's looking really, really good. It takes place 12 years before the, well, first, before Red Dead Redemption, and it just looks absolutely outstanding. I'm not going to go into any details on it because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who wants to be, you know, well, spoiler-free or go in fresh or or what have you. The game comes out on October 26th for the PS4 and Xbox One, and I I couldn't find whether or not it comes out on PC, but it's got to be able to... It must be coming out on PC. That'd be weird. Now, the other thing, before we switch gears, is the Avengers. Did you guys see how much money the Avengers made? Holy cow, macaroni! That made some serious bank. Basically... It has surpassed the lifetime box office gross worldwide and domestic for the, uh, what is it, Justice League, and it did it in just, like, a couple of days. Like, that's unbelievable. And it makes me wonder, you know? We've talked about this a lot in the past, about how DC, like, rushed into it. They basically wanted Avengers as their first movie. But by doing that, they sacrificed years, literally years, of character development and relationships with these characters that were developed over time that Marvel had done. And so you can't really just come out and be like, yeah, yeah, here, here, this is our Avengers. And it really pains me. It really, really pains me. At work the other day, which was yesterday, we were were talking all about this. And it was like we were watching some old trailers of like Superman Returns, for example, if you watch the original teaser trailer for that, like, I still say that's probably the single best thing ever shot for Superman, like, it's just excellent, it's absolutely excellent, the trailer, I'm not talking about the movie, and, and again, the very, very specific, the one with Marlon Brando, where he has the voiceover, and you barely see anything of the movie, That. I find is able to capture the essence of Superman better than almost anything. And you know we had these amazing Christopher Nolan Batman movies and then to come and and go like to to Batman versus Superman or V Superman, um Suicide Squad and all that stuff. I'm just wow. The best movie from the DC universe by far is the one that felt like it had no connection whatsoever, which was Wonder Woman. And I find that so funny. It's like, I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't know what they're going to do. Because their movies just aren't doing well. And they're not doing well because they're just poorly written movies. They're just not, like, they're not good. And I just don't see any way they're going to they're gonna be able to turn this around. I, I really, really don't know what they're going to do. I think Wonder Woman is okay as long as they keep concentrating on the, you know, what makes her tick which is, like, building up that character development. And they should have done the same thing with Superman, the same thing with Batman, the same thing with everybody else. But because they didn't and they rushed into it, like, man, you really feel it. Like, you really, really feel it. And to see that, you know, Infinity War there is like just destroying box office records left, right, and center. It really is a testament to what Marvel has been doing. And it's funny because they did this in the comics years and years and years ago with their big events and stuff. And while I find that's gotten completely out of hand right now, I do think that you know that was that was really something special where you had all these different characters some huge event that was being teased and then when the event came out, you know, everyone's together, they're all fighting the main baddie and away you go. That was that was really special. And they were able to capture that in their cinematic universe, which I find is absolutely outstanding. They they did a real, real bang up job with that. So moving along, the next little piece of news that I wanted to talk about was where is it now? Where is it? Where is it? The um by they, I mean Square Enix, has announced that Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of an Elusive Age, on the PS4 is going to have a whole bunch of uh, different pre-order incentives. Now I think I got them all here, but I might not. I don't know. So someone will correct me if I uh if I make a boo-boo. Anyways, if you pre-order the game at GameStop or EB Games, you will get eight two-inch buttons featuring the game's main characters as well as the Spirits of Lost Time. An exclusive DLC pack that includes the Elevating Vest. Um, that's the one that grants uh, extra experience points. And you will get three Seeds of Skill. Doo, doo, doo. Now, Seeds of Skill grant you uh, one extra skill point and um, now what you need to be careful of is with this is wait till the very end of the game before you use them because you don't want you you don't want to have a character basically have extra skill points left at the end of the game that would be really foolish so just save those till the end of the game The vests, there's actually a couple of them. There's one for experience, one for gold, and one for luck. Luck might seem a little weird, but it's actually really important when you want to build certain weapons, particularly later on in the game, and you want to increase your chances of a particular drop happening. Now, you could also wear this if there's, like, say, an enemy that has a particular weapon or something like that, that's a very rare drop. If you wear this particular vest, you'll be able to, um, to, to increase your odds. But that's not included in the, uh, in the GameSpot or EB Games one. Amazon has a, an exclusive DLC-packed, um, oh boy. It's what? Arivisti Vest, oh boy. Which is a gold coast that gives uh, players more money. And then you'll also get more skill uh, skill seeds. Now, there is another one, because there's another one that has the luck uh, vest that I just spoke about. I'm not sure where that one is. But whatever, there you go. Um... Let's see, uh, da, 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 is there anything else? following? So, they're still talking a lot about the fact that, you know, their, their goal with Dragon Quest XI is to build the brand and basically expand the audience in the West. And that's why they didn't release the 3DS version, because they didn't want any confusion. They really wanted to focus on one version of the game, and they consider that the PlayStation 4 and the Steam release is pretty much the exact same version. And we've been over this before, and I I basically, I kind of understand that. It sucks, as a fan of Dragon Quest, obviously, It, it does suck. And especially considering, like, pretty much the entire series is available to play, ...on the 3DS and, well, DS, but it's backwards compatible, so it counts. And, yeah, that kind of sucks. I mean, we've had lots and lots of comments from people saying, like, what the F square and this and that. But, again, I go back and I always say this, that I look at it for from the perspective of a company that's trying to grow a brand. My only concern, and this is something that I've said multiple times on multiple podcasts, actually is the fact that they we don't know what or where Dragon Quest will show up next. I was going to say what platform, but we really don't know that. We truly, truly don't know that. And this is one of the reasons why I said way back with Dragon Quest Eight that you know, I I appreciate what they're trying to do, the fact that they remastered the game, it had orchestrated soundtrack, it was voice acting, and so on and so forth, and it was all great stuff, okay? It really was. It was great, great, great stuff. However, all of that investment, all of that money, all of that marketing, all of that everything, did it pay off? And that really depends on how you look at it. If you look at it from, like, a single, you know, standalone game, they said it was soft, so that means they were disappointed in it, but I look at it like from a future perspective based on the comments that I'm getting and I'm seeing in in the you know the multitude of uh, Dragon Quest videos that we've made in the last couple of weeks I think the it didn't really pay off and I'll explain why many people are leaving comments telling us that well you know this is my second Dragon Quest game ever after Dragon Quest 8 and so, that I find very interesting, because why didn't anyone buy Dragon Quest IX? And then, of course, I do have lots and lots of people leaving comments saying that Dragon Quest IX was their first game, and so on and so forth. But they invested a lot into Dragon Quest Eight, like a lot of money was was put into that game. And when I see lots and lots of comments like that, of people saying, like, you know, oh, I've waited, like, you know, 13 years for a follow-up to Dragon Quest VIII in the same sort of style and format and what have you, that makes me really go, hmm, like, then I don't know if this really worked out for them because if a lot of people are like that, and, I mean, obviously this is just a YouTube channel, so we have no idea, like, what the, you know, the general public says, but if if it's true and a lot of people you know, just play Dragon Quest Eight, and that was that, well, then that kind of like shows, well, the same sort of thing could happen here. And that's the thing that I want to make sure doesn't happen. That's why I've been doing so many videos lately on Dragon Quest Eleven, is because I want to make sure that it's a huge hit, but I'm also, I'm very cognizant of the fact that we don't know where Dragon Quest 12 is going to show up we really really don't know for like as far as we know it could show up on the nes you know what i mean like it, it could be anywhere anywhere at all and there really is no guarantee that it's going to show up on the playstation 5 there's no guarantee at all if the switch continues it's like you know massive success and and you know it's still it's a new system it's theoretically possible that Dragon Quest 12 could be exclusive to the Nintendo Switch it's also entirely possible that a new system is announced by one of the, the you know like Nintendo or Sony or whatever and it does phenomenally well and then they they you know they they say okay well we're going to put Dragon Quest 12 on that particular platform because they always release Dragon Quest 12 on the most successful platform in Japan. So this is the this is the big big thing here and that's the big question mark is that we really don't know. So our markets are quite different. Like, for example, in Japan, mobile has exploded, man. Like, it's crazy how many people buy games exclusively on mobile devices in Japan. Like, tons. And so much so that Nintendo recently just talked about the fact that they're going to be expanding more and more and more into the mobile market. And that makes sense for their local region. It makes perfect sense and it's not out of the realm of of you know feasibility a reality that one day we could get a numbered entry in the Dragon Quest franchise on mobile that is actually possible and that's what i'm saying that like it would be it would be basically be Dragon Quest 8 to Dragon Quest 9 all over again where the fan base that you have built on this particular game feels alienated and they're like, well, I don't want to play on a portable or I don't want to play on a cell phone or whatever. Well, screw that type of thing. And I think that's really what happened with Dragon Quest IX that it it sold really well, by the way. But I think what ended up happening is that it was a whole bunch of new Nintendo DS players that played through Dragon Quest IX or bought Dragon Quest IX. And I would really be more, like curious to see how many people... Bought Dragon Quest nine that were introduced to the series with Dragon Quest eight, and I'm willing to bet that that number is not that high. And this is this has always been like the big like confusion or or sort of like sticking point with Dragon Quest has been that has been the fact that you don't know the future, you just don't know. So this is a Japanese heavy series, and well, it's predominantly Japanese. And so, whatever happens over there will dictate the future of the series. So, that's that's something. Speaking of Dragon Quest, I already mentioned, but there's going to be two Dragon Quest festivals this year, which is kind of cool. I mentioned that in a previous video. I don't know what I'm going to look forward to with that. I'm really not sure what they're going to announce. But we don't have too, too long to wait. There's one in July and one in August, and... I'm I'm really thinking that we're going to to really have a you know huge focus on Dragon Quest Builders two, and the rest I really don't know. I mean we're due for another Monsters that's for sure. So if Dragon Quest Monsters something something gets announced. That would be kind of neat. I know a lot of people are really hoping for Switch, but my prediction is that you're still going to see a new Dragon Quest game get announced for the 3DS. Now, that doesn't mean uh, like 12 or anything like that. It just means that there will be a new Dragon Quest game in the side series, I'm sure, that will be announced for the 3DS. I'm sure of it. Absolutely sure of it. Because as much as people like to say that all the system's dead and like Nintendo should let it die and, you know, focus on the Switch and so on and so forth, the system is selling like better than it has in a long time. So they're going to want to support this. There's a massive install base and it just, it makes sense for them to do something like that. There's one other thing that I just thought of that I wanted to mention pertaining to Dragon Quest and that is Dragon Quest Rivals. Yeah, this is uh, this is a rather unique one. I don't know if you guys know what the heck this is. It's a Japanese exclusive, I guess you could say, Dragon Quest version of Hearthstone. So yeah, it's a card game, and I know a lot of you guys are like, ugh, card games, they're the worst. But uh, someone here on YouTube... Actually told me that I could go ahead and download it on PC because I I had read somewhere that it was coming to Android, iOS, and PC, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, I'll I'll check it out on PC, right? I mean, you know, why not? Could do some videos and stuff like that. Anyways, I I just lost track of it to be really honest, and someone was like, oh, hey, um, I I don't know, I, I think I mentioned some news about it or something like that, and someone had mentioned the fact that hey, you know, did you ever try it? You can try it out on PC. So, oh boy, was that an adventure. You have to basically download the Yahoo Japan launcher, which is pretty easy to do. You just have to have a Japanese uh, postal code. You don't even need an address, so you can you can easily do that. But then after that, I go to boot the game up. There's a nice intro and all this jazz, and then I get kicked out immediately, and it says, oh, you're in the wrong country, and I laughed and laughed and laughed. So you actually need a VPN in order to play Dragon Quest Rivals on PC. And that is really something. There is something very special about Dragon Quest and Japan, man. They protect the living crap out of this particular series. And I I really get a... I don't know. I just... I really got a kick out of that. I was like, this is insanity. Like, absolutely insanity that for a card game, I have to have a VPN. But it makes sense because you're playing with other players and stuff like that. So they want to make sure that you're... You're Japanese, I guess, but yeah, I just, uh, I was surprised by that. So I'm going to do some videos on that, Not nothing, you know, major, just a few things here and there to say, like, uh, my thoughts and impressions, but so far, it's actually quite the fun game. It really is like Hearthstone, it's like almost a carbon copy of it, but just with, you know, the Dragon Quest sort of spin. I'm surprised that they haven't released this in North America, to be honest, because on cell phone, this would be actually a fun little, fun little diversion. So, with all the Dragon Quest stuff out of the way, and all the regular doodads out of the way, I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about my top five forgotten franchises. And, yeah. So, these are not really going to be in any particular order, I don't think. It's just five, five, five franchises that, for whatever reason, have been on my mind as of late. And I really don't know why for some of them. But for others, I know precisely why. So, we're gonna start with my number five. Conquer. Dun dun dun! Conquer's Bad Fur Day was one of those games that when it came out, it was really surprising. Made by the fine folks over at Rare, back when they were with Nintendo, it was a huge surprise to play an M rated action platformer in 3D. But it was rarer still to see this come from the house of Mario. Like, it was really, really, really rare. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. To see something like this. It was, it really was. It was not, it was not expected, and the game was phenomenal. The humor was brilliant, and it slowly but surely just disappeared. There was a remake on the original Xbox. But pretty much, that's like all she wrote. And what Conquer has been transformed into now is just, oh, that's it. So yeah, Conquer Conquer deserves time to shine again. There, there is certainly a place for an action platformer with you know that humoristic spin on it. There, there's just got to be. There has to be. And that's it for that one. I'm just looking around. I have a list here of, of different games I wanted to talk about. Number four, I'm gonna put in as Beautiful Joe. Yeah, that's right. Beautiful Joe. Do you remember that on the GameCube? And I think it was released maybe on the PS2 later on. But Beautiful Joe was one of those games I imported that I adored before it actually got released in North America. I actually imported, if you remember back then, Capcom released, uh, not released, but they, they said that they were going to make something like four or five games exclusive to the GameCube all culminating with Resident Evil 4 and I actually imported every single one of those games which is kind of funny I just I was like these are the best and so yeah Beautiful Joe Beautiful Joe was one of those games that when it came out it was really again another one of these really unique games and there were actually two of them there was a sequel And maybe there was even more and I just lost track. But I know they don't make them anymore. And what was cool with this is there was like a speed up and slow down gimmick. And it was 2D. It was beautiful. I was going to mention Okami. But I was like, nah, you know, like, Beautiful Joe actually had more games. So I was like, yeah, for a franchise, I'm like, it's more than just one game. And I know I kind of cheated with Conquer, but Conquer was a franchise. It's just that the adult ones weren't really, really not so much a a franchise. But anyways, yeah, so Beautiful Joe, I'd love to see that done today with 4K graphics and and just, even if it's still the same gameplay, just, you know, create a new storyline fix some of the issues from the the other two games and go from there it was a really that was a really really good series and Mega Man would have been on this list but he's coming back so that's 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 cool so number three is Dino Crisis. Dun, dun, dun. I've mentioned this quite a few times in the past, that Dino Crisis and dinosaurs as a whole really have not gotten their fair share. And I don't know what it is. I really, really don't get it. What the hell is more creepy than a giant lizard coming to eat you? Seriously. Nothing. That's what absolutely nothing is scarier than that and when you put that sort of those creatures in a setting like Resident Evil man you have a recipe for a truly frightening game and I don't understand why it never continued and I I really don't understand why Dino Crisis 3 was even made because that's not really Dino Crisis so I don't I don't get it The first two are excellent games, and even though they're both very different, the first one being a survival horror game and the second one being more of an action game, I've got both reviewed here on the uh, channel, I, I just don't understand why they never continued that series. There is so much potential for wicked storytelling and really, truly creepy gameplay if they focused on something like alien infestation in the sense that you know you're isolated you're alone and you're being hunted in like the jungle or something like that obviously don't follow alien infestation but follow you know that same sort of like you know being hunted sort of gameplay I think that would be really really awesome. The next one, my number 2 is Fantasy Star. Okay, so Fantasy Star is one of those these these games that's really unique to me. The very first Fantasy Star was right when I was falling in love with the genre, which was around the time of Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest in Japan. And it was one of the very first role-playing games that I had played in English here, and I remember I remember making maps of the labyrinths or the dungeons because it was in first person, and I thought it was one of the most breathtaking and incredible games I have ever played. And while I really enjoyed Phantasy Star 2, 3, and 4, I never, I never really connected to them on the exact level that I did with the original Phantasy Star, only because certain things had changed. And when Phantasy Star Online 1 and 2 came out, I played the original on the Dreamcast, and then I don't even believe Fantasy Star Online Two has even been released anywhere except for Japan, much like Dragon Quest X. And i I was kind of disappointed. Like, where the hell was the, you know, the standalone single player RPGs? And a lot of this, to me, stems from the Dreamcast era, like Skies of Arcadia. I would love to say that I would love a sequel to Skies of Arcadia, except it wasn't really a franchise. And I was going to put in Panzer Dragoon as well. That's another franchise that is just begging to be remade. But I was like, no, I want to talk about Fantasy Star, because I don't really talk much about Phantasy Star. And Fantasy Star is one of these games where it it's all but forgotten now, and I, I think it's it's way too late to release Fantasy Star online now because it's like, well, does anyone even know what this is, except for like the, the real hardcore fans? And I'm 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 really not too convinced that they do. And I would just love Something like what was done with Dragon Quest XI. I would love a Fantasy Star Five. Actually, call it that, Fantasy Star Five. I mean, you'll you'll have to really market it as like you know, like this rebirth of the series or whatever, and then include on the game Fantasy Stars One through Four. I think that would be absolutely awesome. Awesome, man. I would be all over that. But uh, I don't know. It just doesn't seem. Like, it's going to happen. It seems like Sega's, like, moved on to greener pastures. They have a, you know, a completely different business model now. And it, it's a real shame because I could have actually done a list like this of top five franchises I miss uh, of just Sega exclusives in and of themselves. Like I said, with uh, Panzer Dragoon and and just, you know, tons of other ones that were released on uh, even, like, stuff like Vector Man. Could you imagine how awesome Vector Man would be today? like in a 2D run-and-gun shooter with the visuals that we have, oh man, it'd be sick. But anyway, I don't think that's ever going to happen. So my number one is by far my most disheartening. And it's from a company that was going to have another game on this list, which would have been Silent Hill, so that gives it away. It's Konami. And honestly, I, I should just put the whole company here. That my number one pick is Konami. I miss Konami. I really, really miss these guys. I I I'm just like with every ounce of my being, I'm like, could you just could could something happen? You know, like could could you just hire a new CEO? Could the board vote like have a vote of no confidence or or something? Because I it's killing me it's absolutely killing me to watch this company go down the way they're going down i mean they're they're releasing a castlevania game on mobile that's pretty much like nothing like the other like castlevania games it's like what 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 are you doing like damn it man so my number 1 pick really is castlevania in the traditional sense like i just i miss having it on my, my 3DS, on my Switch, on my PS4, on my Xbox One, on PC, I don't care. But don't give me some watered down, like, you know, gotcha game on mobile. What the hell is this? Like, I want to just have a standard Castlevania game, and I miss it. I really do. I, I legit miss Castlevania. And it sucks. It really, really sucks. With Iga gone and now making Bloodstained, I'm hoping I've got my fingers crossed that that doesn't turn into another mighty number no. nine. But it's it will never be the same. You know what I mean? Like it, it isn't Castlevania. It's not going to have that exact same feel. It's going to be it's going to be close for sure. But it's it's just not the same. And then like I said with with um, Silent Hills, it's the same thing. Silent Hill. Like why aren't you? Why aren't you supporting these franchises, man? Like, what the hell? And, and they're giving up on their soccer now and everything. It's just like, man, you're, you're like, who are you guys? And it's so, so sad. It's just, it's, it's painful. It is absolutely painful to see how far a company has fallen when if i just look around here i've got sucoiden i've got silent hill i've got contra you know all these amazing games in castlevania of course and it's like nothing like i got nothing without this company and it's 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 so so sad to see how far they they have fallen and i don't see them coming back anytime soon so i think it's it's gonna be one of these things where like i said unless something dramatic happens what like that's it you know like we're stuck and it it really it really sucks it, it just genuinely sucks I'm actually really surprised I was able to blast through that in like 36 minutes. It's not uh, not too too shabby. So that's pretty much all of the stuff that I wanted to talk about in terms of you know topics and news and stuff like that. I'm sure there's other stuff that I I missed or whatever. But I'm actually going on a uh, course. Actually, um, I'm more like I'm teaching the course. I'm leaving uh, pretty much right after I record this, which is kind of cool. And then I'm going, uh, I'm going to be teaching a, a course on uh, continuous improvement. And I got a really interesting thing. It's uh, basically like a, a snake bite kit. I, I'll, I'll explain it here just because I think you guys might get a kick out of it. So basically, what it is is I create a scenario where you have to go outside and there's a hurricane that's coming and you got to go and help a bunch of uh, people at the zoo go and pick up some snakes. And I give a first aid kit and I'm like, you know, just in case that you mess up and a snake bites you. Like, all the instructions and everything are inside the kit, so go ahead and follow the instructions. And what's kind of neat is that, like, I I have all these plastic snakes, and so I start biting people (laughs) with the uh, plastic snakes. And they they basically have to save the people's lives, and they're going to fail, and they're going to epically fail. And it's because the kits are filled with useless stuff, and the anti-venom is expired, and so on and so forth. And so then you have like a round table where you discuss, okay, well, what could we have done better? And you start writing these things down and it's all like common stuff, you know, like remove the clutter and, you know, clearly label stuff and so on and so forth. And then you do it again and the people are saved. You, you're like, congratulations, you just saved these people's lives, but it takes like, uh, you know, like a minute and 40 seconds out of three minutes. So then you start challenging people are like, well, are you sure that was good enough? And then I, I basically say, okay, we got new, new animals coming in, uh, new, new whatever, new like snakes coming into the zoo, and they can kill you in thirty seconds if they bite you. So you gotta, you have to come up with something else. And that's it. And the idea is it, with this is like it, it teaches you a lot of the different elements of continuous improvement. That you know, good is never good enough, and don't strive for perfection right away, and 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 all of this jazz. So that's what I'm. Uh, I'm heading out to Memphis. Actually, I'm gonna give my little course, and then I come back right away. But unfortunately, I gotta be at the airport for uh, t- what was it? Four o'clock in the morning. Ech, that's gonna be the worst. So I'm gonna be wasted on uh, what day is that? That's Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday early, early, early morning is when I make my journey back. So I think I'm gonna come home and just collapse. And then Wednesday we'll get back to to normal. So why I'm telling you guys all this is because this week's content is quite light. There's really not too, too much except for our regular features. But I am going to be taking some time off and I'm going to work on some videos. I got to study for my test, but I'm also going to be doing some videos in between. You know, like, so I'll do, say, like... Like, one day I'll do studying, one day I'll do videos, and so on and so forth. So there's going to be some stuff coming up, so you can look forward to that. But for the most part, this week, anyway, is going to be very, 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 very light. And that's about that. I'm going to have to go get ready to uh, depart. But I wanted to say, as always, thanks for uh, listening, thanks for watching, and as always, our podcasts are put up on iTunes and other podcasting uh, streaming services before they are posted on YouTube. And on YouTube, it's every two weeks we alternate between a Canadian Gamers and a Nintendo Fanboys. And with that, I shall say thank you very much for watching and or listening. And I will catch you all later. And I'm trying to get Steven uh, next time. Thanks for uh, taking uh, checking us out, guys. Take it easy.